In Jesus' name, amen. Why, as you see, is the primary word that we're going to talk about today. Why? And Pastor has been in the series where he's been talking about the Tower of Babel and looking at the purpose of building that tower. Now, a lot of us have grown up in Sunday school. How many of you went to Sunday school as a child? Okay, and then the rest of you, hopefully you at least went to children's church or you went to church and stayed awake, you know, long enough to hear something about the Tower of Babel. And so Pastor has actually taught several sermons on, on uh, the purpose and the processing and the thinking of the people who are building the Tower of Babel. So I'm going to just review that briefly and then go into uh, the primary thing that I'm going to share with you on today. So it says in Genesis 11, 1, 4, and 7 through 9, Verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, now the whole earth, uh, whole earth had one language and one speech. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Then God heard their plan. They claimed they're going to build this tower that would take, take, uh, have, give them the ability to go all the way up to heaven, which we know is totally and absolutely impossible. But some people, even some scholars, even believe that the concept was they were trying to build a tower that was tall enough for God to come down and dwell with them, which is still just as ridiculous as the first one. And so God heard all of that, but the, the biggest issue God had with it is they were building this tower to make a name for themselves. And so God chose to re-rack their plans. You know, sometimes we have plans and God says, eh, not so. And so God decided to come re-rack their plans. So in verse 7, it says, come, let us go down. And they're confused their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over all the face of the earth. The question today that I have after reviewing, if you want to know more about uh, Pastor Series, everything is on demand. But the primary question I have for today is, why am I here? Come on, say, why am I here? Let's say it again. Why am I here? The word why is used to discover reason or purpose. You saw in the video all those multiple why questions, and people ask them all the time, and often they like to get all deep and spiritual while they're saying, why, you know, why? Kids always asking, why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? There's an answer for everything, but I love the fact that if, when there is no answer, there's no clarity, just cast all your cares upon him. But the why just means I need to discover reason or purpose. And then the word here means in this place, in this location, or in this present state. Why am I here? Why am I in this place? Why am I overcoming by faith? Why am I in this location? Why am I in Savannah? Why am I in the United States? Why am I not, you know, in, in Athens, Greece somewhere? Why am I in this location? Why am I in this present state? Why am I married? Why am I a parent? Why am I not a parent? Why am I divorced? Why am I having this physical challenge? Why am I in this present state? We have a lot of dads in the house, so some of the dads in the house may say, why am I here? I think that my purpose, my primary purpose is to be a provider. And in the men's breakfast, they'll say, I'm just a walking paycheck. That's the way they feel. 
Some moms may say, why am I here? I'm just here to be a cook and a taxi service. And for some of the kids, they are walking paycheck also. Some of the kids in the house may say, I'm just here to make my parents happy. But when I turn 18, I am so out of here. They think, why am I here? Why am I here for some of the college students in the house is to get an education. But I am surprised in talking to quite a few college students. They are, they are trying to get education, but they wanted to escape home. Why am I here? For some soldiers in the house, you say, why am I here? My purpose is to, to protect my country. And for some of them, they want to get away from home also. I have a, a, an experience that's beyond the norm. Why am I here? New King James Version of Matthew 5, if you look at that, Matthew 5 and 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. One of my favorite verses. Now, on today, my goal is to go through this word quickly because this is family day and we have all the young people in the house. And according to the stats, if you're about six years old, your attention span is about six minutes. And for some of the adults, your attention span is seven minutes. So, <laughs> so I'm going to get to the point. Let you enjoy your weekend, go to the food trucks, hang out and have all sorts of fun. But for those of us, uh, I'm unlike your pastor, he loves reading and anything he reads, he retains it. And he says, you know, in, in the such and such book and the author is in chapter and page, the second page in the top right corner. And it's like, uh, not so for Diane. I can read something that's like, I don't know what that just said. You know, I don't have a clue. I have to, all through college, I had to just read things over and over again. I had to record it and listen to it. I had to make, force myself to memorize it. That's just not my anointing. But I believe everybody has different anointings. Amen. I could teach a song. Pastor can't. Praise the Lord. So I do. <laughs> I have some, some gifts that he doesn't have. But what I do love is, even though New King James Version was quite clear, the Message Bible, when I have a cloudy moment, I go to the Message Bible and it is... It's always so very clear. It says, let me tell you why you're here. You can't get any plainer than that. Why am I here, God? What's going on? Let me tell you why you're here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youthfulness and will end up in the garbage. I had to ask a few questions of, um, of someone that cooks all the time, and I said, okay, does seasoning actually expire? You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go through, you know, I have every year where I go through my cabinets and say, okay, what's the expiration date? And I just throw away, throw away everything from all the various toiletries onto the seasoning. And um, you rarely, it's hard sometimes to find an expiration date for seasoning. So they said that seasoning actually doesn't, literally expire like some other things expire, but what it does, it, it loses its effectiveness. It's not as potent as it was before. So it says, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your youthfulness, uh, usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out God's colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. 
you're going public with this, as public as a city set on a hill. If I make you a light, light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. That's something I have to say to myself. My husband is super, super friendly. Just talk to a dead man. Just talk, make friends with everybody all the time. That's his nature. But I have to remember that one of the things I'm called to do is keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You will prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So why am I here? According to this verse, you are here to be, first of all, salt. And so what is the purpose of salt? We tend to think of salt as being something that's not good. You know, everybody is saying, you, you need to have a salt-free diet, and, you know, you end up with high blood pressure and all of that. And, and something we say all the time, anything in excess is not good for you. But there are excellent purposes for salt. The purpose for salt is to provide flavor to give something flavor. You can tell when it has absolutely no salt in it and it's like, what is wrong with this food? It's because salt is designed to add flavor. Salt is also a preservative. It will help things last a little longer. And then salt also promotes healing. Back in the day, they put a little bit of salt on a wound and it would kill some of, of the germs. Well, salt and that concept of bringing flavor, I, test, I discovered the importance of, of it when um, over the holidays I decided to do some experimenting, cooking things that I don't usually cook. So, you know, we even did some baking and all sorts of things. And, and so um, I always wanted to try out a pressure cooker. And so uh, I would see the advertisement and, of course, hearing the pressure cooker, you know, you can have this meal that may take, you know, an hour, hour and a half. You cook it in 10 minutes. And, of course, because of my scientific brain, I'm thinking, sure, I bet it's not done. It's probably got all kind of things still in it. It's not cooked all the way through. You know, it's like, prove it, you know, kind of thing. So I found out my sister had one that was just sitting in her house. So I said, bring it to the house. I'm going to experiment with it. So watching videos, watching YouTube videos, and you know everything in a YouTube video is correct, right? Amen. <laughs> it is true, as true as the Bible. Okay, so I watched the video, and according to the video, all I had to, I said, I'm going to try something simple, something where if I mess it up, I could throw it in the garbage. So I said, I'm going to try spaghetti. So according to the video, I had, all you had to do was just drop the noodles in there, break them in half, drop, pour the tomato sauce in, done. Take some frozen meatballs. That's what they claim. You can put them in there frozen, put it in there, and then tell the thing to go for 10 minutes. I say, okay, let's see. Sitting there watching, watching, watching. Open it up, and it's like, hey, this looks pretty good. I should have stirred it up a little bit more because it's kind of caked together, but you know, it looks like it, like it has some potential. So I stir it up a little bit, you know, then said, give it like five more minutes. Let's see what happens. Gave it about five more minutes, and it's like, this thing actually looks good. So I reached in to give it a taste, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it is missing seasoning. Seasoning is key. Something can look absolutely wonderful, but if you don't put in that seasoning, you will miss all that that meal should have provided. The same thing with us. God says that you are salt. And that your very presence will put God's seasoning all throughout the environment that you're in. Your very presence in the household, on the job, in your family will give God's seasoning all throughout. You say, well, what is God's seasoning? God's seasoning is shared even in Galatians 5 and 22 where it says, 
you, you will share, you will have the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Those are some of the ingredients that your presence will even put in an environment that will make the whole environment taste a whole lot better. You have drama going on, everybody just fussing and cussing and fighting, and you come in and you just bring, your very presence will bring peace because they know, oh, we don't want her to start right now. He's going to start quoting scriptures. It's like, no, you, your very presence will bring peace and salt and godly seasoning to that environment. Your very presence has the ability to even bring, um, pre- uh, help the, uh, a person's life be preserved. Have you ever had moments where you saw, you had a loved one, you see them going in the wrong direction, and you pray this prayer, you say, Lord, I need them to experience everything that they need to experience, every lesson they need to learn, but just please spare their life. You are a a preserver of that person when they're in the midst of confusion and they don't have clarity. I can't tell you the number of times I'm sure my mom prayed over me and said, okay, she's nuts right now. She thinks she's grown because she's 18, 19 years old, and she want to go hang out till 1, 2 o'clock. And so she had to pray a prayer of preservation over me until I could see and I can understand for myself. The power of being salt. And also, salt has the ability to bring healing and and help wounds. Your very presence should be bringing healing to the lives of people. Not only healing by you being able to agree in prayer with them and say, Lord Jesus, I'm believing for their miraculous healing. Lord God, please restore their sight. Please uh, help them to walk again. Uh, Help this blood pressure to go down. Not only being able to do that, but to even give some wise, simple words of things that God has already created, such as, could you please stop drinking all them sodas and drink some water? You'll get an automatic healing. Could you please eat at least an apple? Just an apple sometime instead of just being apple pie. Can you please eat a real apple? Sometimes it will bring healing. That's you being salt where you are placing some healing potential on a wound. So we see that we are called to be salt. Secondly, we are here to be light. What is the purpose of light? The purpose of light is to make sight possible and to be seen by others. Have you ever been in a room that's dark as can be, and then when you hit the light switch, not only will your attention go to the source of the light, whether it's a lamp or a light in the ceiling, but it allows you to see everything in the room. God says that you are not only the salt of the world, but you are also a light set up on a hill. You should be able to bring clarity in the lives of people. I watch pastor do that all the time where as he shares the word, um, I'm sure I'm back there amazed. And and I'm sure you could testify to it also that as he's sharing the word, it's like, I get it now. You know, that makes so much sense. I'll see even some, he'll copy me in the email questions. And and I'm thinking, oh, she need to just leave him because he crazy and she didn't try it a long time. And that's why I'm not the pastor, praise the Lord. I'm just, I'm thinking, "Mm mm-mm. No, don't tolerate that. And then he will say these wise words. It's like, man, that was good. He caused the light to come on, a light bulb. That's what we should all do. Your very presence should be able to bring light to people, clarity to people. People should, if you are light, people should look at you. I know some of you, I grew up saying, I don't want nobody to see me. I don't want nobody looking at me. I don't want nobody talking to me. I told you, totally different from your past. I don't know. 
you know, but God says, if I called you to be light, of course somebody's going to look at you. Of course somebody is going to talk about you because you're light. Everybody else in the workroom is sitting there talking about, you know that new supervisor has gotten on my last nerve. I can't stand her. Can't stand her. And so you walk into the room and you say, well, you know what? All I have to say is I thank God I have a job. You know, I have a staff person who said, I'm glad my keys still work. You know. <laughs> Amen, Miss Bishop. You know? <laughs> it is just... Just a light in the midst. And sometimes you have to be a light. You should not join darkness. You should be a light in the midst of all that darkness. And so you people should look at you. People should talk about you. People should admire you and say, oh, man, I admire their diligence. And I admire the way they raise their children. And I admire the way they work so hard and they're able to promote it. But sometimes people, with you, if you're a real light, People should not only admire you, but should be plumb irritated by you. Think of the times when you were just all snuggles and sleep and you got the cover over your head and everything. Then your mom or your, your sibling come in and turn the light on. It's like, man, why you turn the light on? I, I don't want to see the light. You try to cover it up. You try to put the cover over your head, but that light still come creeping through the side of your covers. That's irritating. So understand, sometimes everybody's not going to like you being a light. There are moments where you are plumb irritating, but God has called you to be light. So as light, people should look at you. People should talk about you. People should admire you and also at times be irritated by you because you are light. There's a, a wonderful story I read in the, in the devotional uh, the other day, and it was a story about a, a teacher, and she had two students in her classroom named Johnny. One Johnny was academically focused, did his homework, was attentive and all that. How many of you read that? That thing was proud. See, y'all need your daily devotional. And one Johnny was attentive, and the other Johnny just didn't hardly do any work, didn't hardly pay any attention or anything like that. So you have these two Johnnies. Well, they had a PTA meeting, and the parent of the um, Johnny who doesn't pay attention actually came and spoke and said, well, how's my son doing? The teacher thought it was the other Johnny and said, it is such an honor and privileged to have your son in my class. And so the mom went home and said, your teacher, I'm very proud of you. This is the Johnny that doesn't do anything, but you know, chill. He said, your I'm so proud of you. The teacher said, you know, that it's an honor to have you in, in his class. You know, and they're just really pleased with you. He was stunned, because it's like, well, who's she talking about? Who is he talking about? You know, but he knew that apparently the teacher got him confused with the other Johnny. So because he said, he went and told the teacher, I heard what you told my mom, and I had never heard a person say that they were happy to have me in their class. Even though I know it was an accident, it was still, I had never had that said about me. So for the first time, he did his homework and turned it in on time. For the first time, he was attentive, and he became academically successful because someone, even if it was by accident, turned on a light in his life and let him know that you can do this. Sometimes it's your words that some people, other people may define as plum irritating, but it's your words of kindness that will encourage a person to go on and try again. You are a light. There is something, a, a form of, light 
that I think could be used, and this is just a suggestion for those who are social media buffs, and my suggestion to you is when you see things on social media that's wonderful, share it. You know, uh, we tell people all the time, we post our sermons online. You need to take the word and say, okay, I'm sharing with my friends. Not just look at it and say, okay, that was real good. You should take it, put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook, put it on all these other things that you have. But when it comes to things that's on social media that's plum foolishness, you should not share darkness. One of the things that irritate me to the hilt is to see people post fights. They're posting fights, and then if you have a special word, somebody giving a powerful testimony of the success of this, you know, this, this young black man who now has a degree, and he had, you know, he lost his mom and was homeless, but now he has a college degree. You know, we'll share a few of those. But if it's a fight where somebody's getting their brains beat out, then it's like one million views. I just can't stand it. I can't stand it. I'm so grateful that, you know, there are some people, even my daughter has done this before, where it says something on there that's inappropriate, she will address it. And then everybody starts saying, amen, I agree, I agree. People need to, need to know that that's not acceptable. But when it comes to things like that, when I see fights on social media, oh, I just delete the person. I said, um, unfollow, you know, you're not following, you are not in pastor's friend list anymore. Don't try to find Diane on social media because you won't find me now, you it's only pastor has a Facebook. I think I have a, um, a Twitter account that I don't hardly pay any attention to, and um, I have a couple of other things. But on pastor's Facebook page, what will happen is if I see something that came through and it's like, and it's drama and it's fighting and all that, I just say, okay, unfollow. That person is gone. Pastor now has some space to receive some more people because you are gone. That's what I do. So, you know, it's like some of you are trying to get on this list, and he's, already, he's always at 5,000. All I do is take anybody who, who posts something, they share anything. You share it. Even if you didn't do it yourself, you, you share it. You like it, and it's totally inappropriate. I say, okay, unfollow. Pastor now has some space, somebody. You can come on in. If you took a stand and said, I am going to be a light, not only physically a light, but even our young people, if you could just dare to say even on social media, when it's something that's not appropriate, not only when you're in school and they're acting crazy and treating a girl bad, you know, in the lunchroom and all that, but when it's things even on social media that's not appropriate, unfollow it, make a statement, be a light in the midst of darkness. Now, of course, you're not going to be the coolest thing on the planet, but that you need to be a light. You need to be a light. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is my purpose and why am I here? According to Matthew 5, you are here to be salt and you're here to be light. You're here to let people experience God's flavors, God's best for them is what you're supposed to be doing. And then you're all supposed to, also supposed to be a light, shining a light in darkness. Even if you are all by yourself, it could be a room full of just darkness, but you and your little light should be shining always. My purpose here, to be salt and light. Now that I've put, now that I've put you there on a hilltop and on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. That's the key that I had to grab hold two years ago. Even though it was my favorite verse, I had to remember, keep open house. Be generous with your lives 
by opening up to others. You will prompt people to open up with God and his generous and this generous Heavenly Father in heaven. Unlike the children in, in, uh, building the Tower of Babel, where as they built the tower, their goal was for people to give them praises. Your goal of being salt and light is to point people toward God. In arts ministry, I have the honor of overseeing them. I tell them every song you sing shouldn't point people to you, but should point people to God. Every dance, every song that you play should point people to God. They should hear what you're saying. They should see what you're ministering, but it should make them aim toward our Heavenly Father. Amen? Come on and stand to your feet. I have a twofold prayer that I like to pray today. And one prayer is for those who say, well, I'm a believer. I love God with all my heart. But I think I may have lost some of my saltiness, some of my flavoring. That I don't have the ability to change my environment by adding more of God's flavors in the room. I need prayer about that. Or, or I have lost my ability to be a light. I've been trying to hide myself in a closet and, and trying to hold it back and putting on a little dimmer to try to pull my dimmer down so I won't be noticed by others. But it's time to shine. If God has saved me, come into my heart, made me a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation in Christ Jesus, the least I can do is do what he asked me to do, which is to shine. If that's your, your prayer request, I want you to, everyone bow your heads for a moment. You would like a prayer to shine more to be more effective seasoning. I want you to just wave for a moment. Just wave. You want to be more effective, more effective. Hallelujah. The second prayer, if you continue to keep your heads bowed, is for those who said, well, I have never asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and life, but I would love to do it on this day. Understand, God made it so easy until you, it's impossible to miss. He said, all you have to do is confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You don't have to scrub off anything. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is confess. That's all you have to do. If there's anyone in the house where you say, I would love to be salt and light, but I have to first of all accept the source of the salt and light. I have to ask God to come into my heart, stop ruling my own life, and allow him to rule my life. I will pray a, a simple prayer for you from your seat. All you have to do is wave. If you want that prayer of salvation, all you have to do is wave. And saints, you should be praying. Come on, just wave. Just wave. Any non-believers in the house, simple prayer of salvation. All you have to do is wave. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I come before your throne in the name of Jesus. Thanking you for this opportunity to be in your house and thanking you, Lord God, for providing us with this living word. Lord God, we stand before your throne saying, Lord, we want to be, want to share more of your flavors in this world. Help us not to be afraid to be salt and light. Help us, Lord God, to have the boldness needed in order to share the fruit of the Spirit that will bring such wonderful flavors to not only our household, but to our families and on our jobs. Lord God, I thank you for the ability that you provided us with the light, and we're going to stop trying to hide our light. We're going to stop trying to hide our faith. We're going to let our light so shine that they will see us. We won't be afraid to be seen, but the goal would be to glorify you. 
I pray, Lord God, that you help us to be a light so that we can help others have sight. We have a lost and dying world all surrounding us, and they don't have clarity, Lord God. So I pray that you help us to be light, and it will then give them the ability to see on their own. And we count it in honor to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come in and give the Lord a hand of praise.